which is what a pastor does. My last assignment was a chaplaincy. I, uh, I substitute teach right now, and the way I get my creds with some uh, junior high students, middle school students, and some high school students is I stand up in front of them and say, I'd like to tell you a little bit about myself. I spent nine years, four months in prison. And they go, oh, what are you doing here? I said, yes, I spent seven years, three months at the United States Penitentiary in Leavenworth, Kansas. They go, oh, especially if they know what Leavenworth is. And then I say, I spent two years, one month at the Highland Mountain Correctional Center in Eagle River, Alaska for women. Now, I was a contractor with the Federal Bureau of Prisons for seven years uh, at a, working in a faith-based program at the United States Penitentiary Leavenworth, and I was chaplain directing a um, faith-based program for the Alaska uh, Department of Corrections called Transformational Living Community for two years, and thoroughly enjoyed it, and when we moved to California and came home, although home is San Francisco, not Fresno, um, I decided to go into education because I wanted the same vacation as my wife, uh, who decided that she, we, she was going back into education. Uh, after three years, uh, she felt that going back into chaplaincy, so she's now chaplain at the community regional. She's been a chaplain at... Uh, Oh, some hospice here in the Fresno area and also in the Kansas City area, and she was a chaplain at two major trauma centers in Kansas City. So she's got some experience. Both of us are ordained elders, and we're very happy to be with you here this morning. Pastor Jones, you call him Pastor Stewart, Pastor Jones, uh, SJ, you know. But anyway, um, said that you were starting a series in the uh, book of First John. Is that correct? Or I might have misread a text. But one thing when you're coming in as a um, visiting pastor, you have no idea what's going on. You know, and so you just have to really rely on what the Lord leads you to preach on. And. I generally use what's called the lectionary, and uh, it's a group of scriptures that uh, churches around the world use every Sunday. And it just did not hit me that that's what I needed to speak on this morning. So I decided I'd do something else. And uh, I thought of First John chapter 1. Let's read together. I think we're going to have it up on the... Uh, up on the screen, are we? But First John chapter 1, we're going to read verses 5 through 10. And I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. <laughs> this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you, that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light 
as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Let's pray. Our gracious and loving Father God, we ask that you will let us know of your presence with us this morning. Pray, Lord, that you will open our hearts and minds to your word, that we can learn of you in a way that will change our lives just a little bit, maybe a lot, so that today, tomorrow, we'll be a little bit more like Jesus. Pray for this congregation and the outreaches that they're having, Lord, that they will be a light in this community. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Light and darkness. The Apostle John, in both the Gospel and in the Epistle of 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, talks a lot in, in contrast. One thing to another, light and dark, flesh or worldliness and godliness. I believe he's using the um, old Hebrew way of saying two things differently to emphasize them. Here in First John, he talks about light and darkness. And more than light and darkness is about us living in the light. He talks about how God is light, and if we're not walking in the light, we're not in tune with God. Then there is that word, but. Because we, we look there, and if we say, you know, If we say we have fellowship with him, that's God, and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Then the word, but. That's a transitional word. Very important. And it tells us that what comes after that is in contrast to what went before that. So one is we are walking in darkness, and away from God. But if we're walking in the light, as he is in the light, that word he, I'm not sure who it's referring to, because it talks about the fact that God is light, and so how can he be walking in the light? Well, he's walking with us but also can refer to Jesus, because Jesus is introduced later in the verse. 
But notice there are two things there. We walk in the light as God is in the light and is the source of the light. We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Two things I want to especially put out here, walking in the light and fellowship and cleansing us from all sin. I teach, I've been teaching for Nazarene Bible College online for 20 years now. And in I'm teaching theology right now. And one of the things I get when we get onto the doctrine of sin is my students start saying, oh, we have to preach sin. We have to preach against sin. Got to preach against sin. We know nobody preaches against sin anymore. And I kind of go, oh, you're missing the point. <laughs> See, we always want to preach about the sin out there. Now, that's a different sermon. That's a different sermon because we as Christians need to stand against things that destroy our society, like sexual trafficking. Big thing happening around and in our country. Child abuse and neglect and molestation. Addictions, working to get people clean and sober and find God. These are things that are destroying our society. And we need to be engaged in those. But we also need to, within ourselves, as the people of God, be walking in the light and discovering who we are face-to-face with God. And that's done through our fellowship, which is more than eating pizza and ice cream, which is very good and an important part especially for us Nazarenes, okay? But it is a lifestyle of the people of God that we are helping each other in our walk in the light to becoming more and more like Jesus. You get that? Now, why does you think John brings in there the fact that we walk in the light as he is in light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin? What does that have to do with walking in the light? Well, it finds out that as we walk in the light, we find out that we have things that are not right. And that is kind of what sin is. Now, we tend to think of sin as this big list of things that we don't do. I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't grow up in the Nazarene church. I grew up in a sister denomination. Uh, But we had the, you know, we don't smoke, drink, or chew, go to movies, or go with girls that do. There are a lot of things that are, don't fall into those categories, which don't help us become more like Jesus. In fact, they impede us from becoming more like Jesus. 
So we need to start thinking of sin as not being this list of things, the big no-nos, that we can go, I'm not doing that, 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 I'm not doing any of those things. Everything's fine, except everything's not fine. See, sin does incorporate the list, but sin at its essence is a relational issue between a man, woman, child, and God. And anything that we do that stresses that relationship can be really called a sin. And it's something that we might not like to hear. I know I'm not really keen on figuring out what all my faults are. But think of this way. There, I notice there's a lot of people here who are married. Lori and I have been married for almost 33 years. She's been married to me over half her life. I have a few more years to go before I've spent half my life with her. But I can tell you that I can be going along thinking I'm doing everything just right. And then I get that feeling. I may get that look that says I did something that wasn't right. That means I've sinned against my wife. Now, I didn't do any of the biggies over here. But it was something that I did that stressed the relationship that I have with Lori that I needed to work out with her, ask forgiveness, and work not to do it again. That makes sense? We know we have to do that in our relationships if they're going to last and if they're going to be growing and happy. And we need to be doing that with God because that's what God tells us we need to be doing right here in First John. Now, the word sin that is used here in First John is the most common word used in the New Testament for sin. It's the word in Greek called harmatia. Now, you don't have to be a Greek scholar to figure this out. You can actually go to Bible dictionaries. You can go to Strong's Concordances, and you see the word sin, and then it gives you a, a number. You go to the back of the concordance, and it gives you what the Greek word is and what it means. And the Greek word harmatia is very simple. It means miss the mark. The picture that this word brings to us, evokes, is that of an archer who misses the mark. What's that? No, I've got the up there. I'm an archer. I started shooting a bow at camp when I was 10 or 12. I bought my first bow when I was 12. I still have it, by the way. I actually rescued it from Kansas City, and I actually started shooting it again. But after many years of a layoff, I injured a shoulder when we lived in Oregon and didn't shoot for over 15 years. Last year, 
I decided I was going to start shooting again. And I've had a lot of fun. In fact, I spend a lot of time at the archery range. And I missed the mark. Now, unfortunately, I threw away my first targets about four months ago. But I scrounged in the garbage can at the... Uh, at the range yesterday and got some targets of some beginners. And this is where I started out last year. Missing the mark a lot. Here's another person that did some shooting yesterday. A little better. Now, the mark of perfection in this is the X right there. That is the thing, is to get the X. This ring right here is the tin ring, of which the X is part of it. That ring is 1.57 inches in diameter. And you're sitting at 20 yards. Actually, these people were probably shooting at 5 yards. That's why I started last year at 5 yards and did this, too. And you're trying to hit the mark. You don't get it. You don't get the 10 points. The goal in a tournament is at a 20-yard tournament, you are shooting um, 30 arrows at 20 yards for a grand total of 300 points. And... The X is what's the tiebreaker. So you can get a 300 with 28 X's, and man, you've done really great. Or you can get a 300 with 10 X's. You got a 300, but, you know, it was around the edge. But the goal of the archer is to get from this to where you're just, I probably should have brought an unused target or actually gotten one of the targets of a 300. But to get to where you're more like this, this is my target from yesterday. I did uh, 30, 60, probably about 65 arrows yesterday. My goal when I go out to the range is to get everything in the yellow and me moving towards the center. Now, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I actually have scored uh, 284 out of 300. And anyhow, you can see I had some outliers. You know, I got one, two, three, four, five. This one broke the line. That one broke the line, so it counts as yellow. So four, five, six, seven. I got seven out of 36 out of the yellow. But what happens is the range I shoot at, we have, I shoot with some really good archers. I mean, I shoot with people that if they don't get a 299 or better out of a 300 round, they're, oh man, I didn't do too well today. You know, if they don't get, well, that's a little exaggerating, 297, okay? If they don't get 297 or above, they're saying, mm, I didn't do too well. 
at the range, we've got a whole wall of 300 posters that I can look at and say, whoa, that's what I'm shooting for. But at the same time, I'm standing there shooting. I've got somebody who's shooting with me. And all of a sudden yesterday, or actually this last week, a guy says, hey, you know, I was standing like this because this is the way I would start to shoot. You know, and my feet, you know, shoulder width apart, really steady and stuff, but that gives you a wobble this way. He said, put your feet together like this, and it's easier for you to control. So I changed that. See, that's what walking in the light is like. I was missing the mark. And Rick said, you know, if you change this, you'll be more on target. Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing as Christians? Is that I'm further along in my walk with the Lord. And there are things that I have worked through and conquered in my life or in the process of becoming better with. And I see my brother or sister who is working with something similar. And I can go up to them and say, you know, have you tried this? I found this to help me. And it has to be an honesty on my part. I can't pretend that I'm super holy, that I've got it all together. I am perfect. I have to admit that I've had the struggles I'm still struggling But because of the light that I am walking in, I've seen what God has revealed to me, what needs to change. And through the power he gives me, I can change it. It may not be instantaneous. It may take weeks, months, sometimes years, because it's something that's so ingrained or so deep. But it's the feedback I get from people around me, that allows me to make the changes in our lives. Because we are called to be holy, right? We're a holiness denomination. I mean, Baptists also believe this too, but a little differently than us. But we are called to be holy. But what is holiness other than being like Jesus? That's the goal, to be like Jesus. That's why we need to walk in the light, the light that exposes to us the areas that God wants to change in our life so that we can become more like Jesus. Now, that was yesterday. This was last year. Now, if Brian, who's actually the one that helps me out the most at the range, had come to me and said, Ken, you need to do boom, 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 and laid out 
everything that I was doing wrong. I think I might have hung my bow up and quit. Because I say, I can never get that. So what Brian said was, hey, you need to change this little thing here. You need to come and you need to have a good, solid anchor point that you come to every time. Okay, I can do that and do it. Then the next thing Brian said, you know, your release is not really the greatest. I was working on a budget and the I use a mechanical release. And the one I bought was one that I could afford. But it really wasn't what I needed. So I upgraded my release, which helped a lot. And isn't that the way that we do, God works in our lives? That we get to a point, and he doesn't dump it all on us at once. He says, this is a thing that needs to get changed today. So that when we get this down, we can change this here. And when we get this down, we can change this here. All in the progression all in the perfecting of us to becoming more Christ-like. Now, when I started and I got to the thing, I became perfect at that point with my anchor point. But then I needed to move on more. And so that perfection here led that I can move on and work on a another point of my archery that was foundation founded on the first part and that's the way god works in our life is that we have these steps that we work on to go from this to more here you know my first step was to get all in the red. Okay. Then to the, this is the seven ring. Move from the seven ring to the eight ring. Now my thing is to have everything in the nine or ten ring. I'm getting there. In fact, I had one 30 arrow flight where I got 29 arrows in a row in the yellow. And I'm going, whoa, I've got this. Last arrow was in the red. And that happens. But the thing is, we see that God wants us to move in our lives so that as we go, we miss the mark fewer and fewer times. He's not there waiting to zap us every time we miss the mark. He's waiting there to show us that we've missed the mark, asking us, you want to change this? Yes, I do. Because when we say no, we don't. We step out of the light. While we're in the light, he's going to show us where we need to change. And you know something? As we change and become more and more like Jesus, his light shines more through us. So that the world out there 
can see what a difference Jesus makes in our lives. See, the world is not looking to see that we've got the best doctrine. The world is not looking that we have all the answers to why the Bible is the true word of God inspired. The world is not looking that we have all the arguments for the existence of God. And how can a loving God allow evil to happen in the world? Those things are important. But what the world is looking for is how does your belief transform your life? See, that's what we offer the world is a transformed life. That's something the world can't do. Only Jesus can transform your life. And that comes from us admitting to when he reveals to us we need to change something, whether it's through his word, whether it's the spirit speaking to us in that small voice, whether it's from our interaction with other people or a brother and sister walking up to us and say, I've noticed this. We need to listen to God and allow him to give us the power to change the things in our lives so that we can be on target. Let's pray. Gracious and loving Father God, we just praise you for all that you give us. that you are loving to us, that, yes, you ask us to do the impossible. You ask us to be like Jesus. But then you give us the power through your spirit. You give us the light to see how we need to change. And you do it one step at a time. Lord, thank you for what you give us. And thank you for the fact that through your power, we can walk in the light. We can have fellowship, learning from one another, mentoring one another, being mentored with one another. And that we have the ability to just go to you and say, yeah, God, I missed the mark today. And I don't want to miss it anymore. Help me change. Praise all in Christ's name. Amen.